Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Episode number 197 of the Course Grind Podcast. With you as always this evening, host, creator, Sean Rossler. How is everyone doing this fine but chilly evening? Here we are yet again. Uh, this time, the home stretch to when the jolly fat man visits everyone's home. No, not when I'm out of my mind figuring out how to find my bed after an evening with the three wise men. Ha ha ha. But the holiday season, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, all that holiday goodness. And this holiday season, I reflect on the year as one of loss, but one of gain. Listeners likely recall why the loss. Love you, Deb. But some might not know about one of the most amazing culinary experiences ever that I had this year on a little island named Chincoteague with, of all things, tacos. And finally, after much back and forthing and end of seasoning, we've matched schedules and are making this happen. And I can't wait for you all to A, travel there, and B, beat their door down. One part of the crew has a certificate in culinary and baking and pastry arts from the Indiana University of Pennsylvania's Academy of Culinary Arts and has 15 years of experience in every aspect of the kitchen, from dishwasher to sous chef in restaurants such as Cindy Wolf's Charleston and Daniel Balud's Cafe Balud in Palm Beach, Florida. Another has a certificate in culinary and baking and pastry arts from IUP as well, uh, and has 14 years of experience in front and back of house operations in restaurants such as Cindy Wolf's Petit Louis Bistro and Daniel Balud's Cafe Balud in Palm Beach, Florida. Yet another has years of experience in every aspect of front of the house operations and fine dining restaurants across the United States. His experience as expediter at Cafe Balud in Palm Beach, Florida, getting a theme here, kids, and at Wine Cask Restaurant in Santa Barbara, California, are imperative to the success of this lovely, wonderful establishment. And our last, but surely not least, is the glue that holds Pico. Aha, that place that I haven't named yet, I almost did there, together. She spent the last five years as the event coordinator for Falling Water, Frank Lloyd Wright's famous house in western Pennsylvania, helping her immensely when serving their guests. So, to be fair, as of the writing of this intro, I wasn't sure just how many of these rock stars would be on with us. Rest assured, even one would be enough to reflect the amazingness that is Pico Taqueria in Chicoteague. So here we go. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between the hearts, minds, bodies, and souls behind Pico Taqueria on Chincoteague Island, tonight we've got with us Rosie and Dylan Moot. How are we doing this evening, folks? Hello! Hi there. <laughs> We're doing great. Good that evening. That was quite the intro. <laughs> I have rehearsed this. I've had more people than not. Like, they have to take a minute, they have to step back from it and go, Wow, did you like breathe at all during that? And I swear, yeah. I, I swear I do. I swear I do. Um, not with us. Like a professional, like a professional wrestler, like walking into the ring. On that's the- there. We go. That's 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 what I'm gonna do next. You're gonna see me in a tuxedo with a bow tie, ladies and gentlemen. That's make- your next your next job. Yep. Yeah, well, uh, listen, I would not turn that down. I'm a I'm an on again, off again wrestling fan, which is weird. Um, and now, that, so not with us this evening, Nathan and Kate. Um, but again, here in spirits, uh, they were the latter two of the rock stars in the intro. Uh, you two were the uh, former stars in the intro. So again, welcome uh, for listeners new to the program, listeners with terrible short-term memories like yours truly. Starters, mains, and afters is the way we do things here, kids. Starters, we're going to talk to the guests in question about where they come from, 
what what made them be where they're at mains we're going to talk about where they're at currently what inspires them what makes their hearts pump and finally afters a little bit more irreverent a little bit more off the cuff but no one has been profoundly bodily injured in 196 episodes so i don't foresee it happening tonight so now you two um we're gonna kind of ping pong it back and forth between you uh, we'll start with Rosie, just because you and I have been in contact, and I'm going to have you tee it up first. Rosie, tell me about where and what you grew up eating. Um, what did I grow up eating? Uh, well, my mom always cooked at home. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my father is Italian. He is full-blooded Italian, and my mom... Uh, always jokes that she has no culture. <laughs> and, um, okay. She claims she claims that her family came over on the Mayflower, but other than that, doesn't really. Uh, she's very into genealogy. She's very into finding her family roots and things, but um, as far as the culinary aspect, doesn't have a whole lot uh, of that in, on her side. So when she married my father, she made sure to learn how to cook. Anything that my grandmother made, okay. um, the ravioli, the meatballs, mm-hmm. the lasagna, and her fried chicken is really good. Um, yeah, absolutely. Listen, don't disparage Italian's fried chicken, man. They're no, no, it's, re- it's really strong good. Game. Strong game. Strong game for sure. Um, actually, last episode, we had a full, full-blooded full Italian, uh, sorry, Italian-Sicilian um, private mm. chef from Manhattan, and... Again, that that frying technique, like that's something you can't get anywhere. I, I always find like that's 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 the meter of of a culture's culinary evolution. Oh, how their fried chicken is! Hell yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you would throw so many garlic cloves in the oil too, mm. and so then you'd eat all the garlic too, and that was that was always my favorite part. Then you never you got a cold for like seven years straight, right? I don't get sick very often. I'm, that's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. How about you, Dylan? Uh, growing up eating, um, I, I just, I, I grew up pretty, uh, in a big family and, uh, just like working, working parents. So, uh, yep. eating like early nineties kid food, like just Crack like, yeah, and like, yeah. uh, yeah, like, uh, cr- uh, uh, Chef Boyardee and like, uh, the, the love Kraft of Helper food and, was yeah. not, the love of food was Wasn't not, there. uh, yeah, like uh, it wasn't. It, it wasn't started in childhood. Yeah, no, I get it. it. I get it. Wasn't it wasn't like a, a passion growing up in the kitchen. It was a uh, first job pushed me pushed me toward that. Um, Heck yeah, toward the professionalism. But like growing up eating, it was pretty uh, pretty pretty plain and uh, but still like the, like the big family get-togethers at Thanksgiving and over dry turkey like. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's, I, I I always say that to people, it's like, you know, oh, well, you know, I, I had a plane upbringing. Now, everybody's got their own, and even if, I was just saying this yesterday, so my wife is going back to school for her PhD, and <laughs> she's now in business for herself, contracting, so busy to beat the bands, and we're like, okay, cool, we're going to make, we're going to make tuna for the week, so that the boys can have, like, tuna and crackers, that kind of thing. And I started talking about how, like, my mom and dad would show me to put, like, you know, sliced up pickles or diced olives in the tuna salad. And it was something she never did before. She never even put onion in in tuna before. It's those basic things. And, I mean, you know, to be fair, I think I'm a little bit older for an early 90s kid. But that basic element of, like, 
we can even take something base and we can put a little zhuzh on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, Olives and tuna salad sound good. I might have to try that. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the, the, the nonsense manzanillas with the pimento stuffing, just like yeah. literally just slice them. And not only visually does it make it something a little more, but I'm telling <laughs> the, the the brininess mixed in. I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. it. I'm we, here for we it. We were a strict onion and celery family. Okay. Okay. And n- no parsley or parsley? No, no parsley. Oh, nope. None oh, of that man. green stuff. <laughs> no, you could definitely get away with that. Um, yeah. So Dylan, I'm going to toss this next one over to you. Um, okay. You mentioned the holidays because for me too, that was something growing up. Like here I am on the cusp of 10 years doing the show talking about food. And yet, I mean, my, my, my dad's highlight was like condensed cream of mushroom soup in a freaking pot on the stove top 10 minutes before he got home from work and a grilled cheese. Like that was high end for him, but yeah. the holidays were always something special and certain, certain times of the year, certain events always brought this about. So I want to know, Talk to me about childhood foods that give you nostalgia. Like if you look back and you saw a picture or smelled the smell, what kind of foods would really remind you of that childhood? Uh, yeah, probably the biggest one. No, the biggest one for me, like my mom made this dessert. dessert and for whatever, I, I don't even know exactly what it is uh, other than like an undercooked brownie. Um, uh-huh. It's like a molten lava cake of sorts. Yeah, like, yeah. but there's. I guess it would be similar, to like that flourless cake now, and like, but there's flour in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that smell. <laughs> that 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 dessert was always like. Uh, that was it. That was a go-to for us. Like that was. I didn't want a birthday cake. I wanted. It, it was called Otten, and I don't even know. I don't know what Otten means. I never. I never know exactly. I don't, don't know, know if anybody origin. knows. Yeah, nobody knows like the tradition of like where that name came from, but. It sounds like a rotten thing, but uh, somehow uh, Otten was the name that that it had, and uh, that's like it, that's a dessert that every single every single birthday, every single holiday, it was like if we had a choice of what we wanted, that's what we wanted. Man, and all five, all five of the kids, like all of us, would just be like, "Yes, that's what we want." When, yeah. when we worked at when we worked at Cafe Balloon, you actually won a prize for that. Remember what? So the real quick. In the sea, you know, we're a seasonal restaurant, but in Florida, the seasons are opposite. So during the winter, it's really busy, and in the summer, it's really slow. So they would have these contests in the summer to kind of keep everyone busy. And one of the contests was to like to make something from childhood or from your home because everyone in the kitchen was from somewhere different, and so everyone made this stuff. And Dylan didn't know what to make, and so he made Otten, and he actually won. I can't remember what you won. Did you win? You won uh, like a bottle of whiskey or something? I was going to say it's probably a beer or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well worth but it. But he, he won with his his mom's Otten recipe. So I found, and I'm I'm going to research this now. Like, this is what happens when when I do these shows <laughs> and I, I latch onto something. There is a very historically present bakery, of all things, in the Netherlands called Otten. O-T-T-E-N. Okay. Oh, maybe... Does your mom have any any history in the Netherlands? Uh, no, any, I don't think Dutch so. Any Dutch ancestry? Uh, well, uh, I'm like I'm I'm like now literally like 
transfixed on it, and I'm gonna break away. But <laughs> I, I will get back to this. I will provide an answer. Give you a follow up on it. My 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 aunt's like real big into like genealogy, so she probably has like the full. She'd be like, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna <laughs> listen to this and be disappointed. Yeah, she'd be like, you know the history of that, and I'd be like, well, I didn't remember it then. So well, see, I'll, I'll, I would give you a follow up, and you can. On the next on the next episode, you can give everybody a follow up. To That's this. right. That's right. For for Otten, for Otten. Now, Rosie, you talk to me about your nostalgia. What is it that really kind of pulls those childhood heartstrings? Um. Oh man. No, it's kind of like an on-the-spot thing. It's like, wow. Yeah. Like, like, after we get off this interview, I'm going to be like, man, I had the best one ever. That's no, was- no, but but see, well, but okay. see, that's, that's the beauty of the to... interview, for sure. Because, like, for me, my, my wife interviewed me for – and, by the way, Rosie, I'm buying you time here. Um, for me, <laughs> my wife interviewed me for episode it. 20, and she asked me this. And I don't know. I'm just weird like that. Like there's there's like three different things that I could think of. Uh, there was a pizzeria that was in town up and through 1989, Falcones, down the other end. There was the yellow cake my mother would make me in the pan, which now that we cleaned out uh, my parents' house, I have the pan that made every birthday cake I ever had growing up. So it's crazy. But like, Does it, it taste the same? Uh, I have not made a cake in it. I don't know that <laughs> I can do that. I don't know that I can bring myself to to yeah. to kind of get past that. And and again, that shows like what a bleeding heart like culinarian I am. Like there are some things that are just sacred. It's like cool, you know. Yeah. You watch the yeah. end of the Sopranos once, maybe you don't ever want to watch it again. Like you did it. You're good. Yeah. Um yeah. so Rosie, no, was that enough time to get you an answer? Oh, it might have <laughs> been a little too much time because now I can't decide which one to pick. All right, uh, say two then. So the first the first one that came to mind was also a dessert or an, an icing specifically um we have and and i i think i'm thinking of it because my cousin at thanksgiving he he made uh mac macarons for the first time oh and, okay and he was all excited to make them and the filling that he put in them was aunt fanny's icing which is this icing that is in the family from aunt fanny mm-hmm. and uh uh it's for the longest time, I thought it was something that uh, was made up in our family. And mm-hmm. then, like, getting older and going to culinary school, I realized it's just kind of your typical flour-cooked icing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is so good that we just put it on everything, every cake, any dessert, mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. has Aunt Fanny's icing. But then when you gave me some time, I also thought of my mom's my mom's pasta beans, her pasta fajoule. And it's also something that's very simple, which she, and also around Thanksgiving, you know, we have a ham at Thanksgiving, which I've been told is not normal, but I think a lot of people have ham. I'm going to call BS here. Rosie, I'm going to swing in here to your rescue. So part of the tribute to my dad, right? Yeah. So part of the tribute to my dad this year, that that, or not always tells me, but Kate recently told me that. Uh, not everyone has ham. Not everyone has <laughs> or not ham. Not everyone likes ham as much as I do. I think exactly. And... Well, not everyone has ham, but not everyone is awesome. So here, <laughs> here, we go. here it goes. Here's Long story point. short, again, um, lost my dad back in May. Bought a whole <laughs> tribute to grilling and protein because that's what he would have wanted. And I got a barrel smoker. Perfect. So for Thanksgiving this year, I took a twelve-pound pork shoulder. I wet brined it for three days. And then I smoked it for four hours 
day of. Literally one of the best side dishes. I called ham a side dish this year. I I just want to let you sit with that. That sounds delicious. Exactly. So ham goes. Don't let anybody steal your shine there, girl. (laughs) Well, well, so at Thanksgiving, we we always have ham, and then we get pasta fajoule afterwards because we take whatever is left of the ham and make the ham stock and then... And, and make the soup out of that. And so oh. I we just recently had that, and so it was delicious. Maybe I, that's why I didn't eat any ham at Thanksgiving. I, I'm just waiting for You're the You're just pasta. waiting for the <laughs> I'm like, <"Well>, <laughs> <laughs> I need more soup. <laughs> need more soup. But same is like, even turkey for me. Like, I like a turkey, like a cold turkey sandwich is almost better than the day of turkey. The day of turkey. There is no question <laughs> on that, my friend. There is none. <laughs> here, 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 Here's what happens in the Rossler household. We do the, you know, whatever Thanksgiving dinner. It's wonderful. It's formal, fine and dandy. Later that night, literally like a drunk kid in the kitchen at 3 a.m., you yes. stumble out to the potato rolls, the turkey, the mayonnaise, the tomato, the red onion, thinly sliced, cracked black pepper, kosher salt. Lights out. I'm hungry now. Yeah. Lights out. Yeah. Problems that sounds delicious. Yeah. It's always best whenever you you meet some. It's like the whole. It's like a second family reunion out there having cold turkey sandwiches at the middle of the night. Like then everyone's going back to bed. Once again, That's only it. the cool people are at the fridge. Again, we're we're there picking at the ham to hell with everybody else. Um, yeah, we're there picking at the ham. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do have to say, I put I put the bones and some of the you know some of the you know harder stuff back in the pressure cooker and created a ham stock out of it. Forget it. Smoked ham yeah, stock. sounds delicious. End game. End game stuff. So the two of you, obviously you have strong culinary backgrounds, even if they're not pronounceably so, right? You know, everybody's like, well, my mother was a chef, my father was a chef, and that's a strong culinary. <laughs> Bullshit, okay? We're talking about good family stories that really talk to it. So here's the two of you. Obviously, you'll find each other. You're doing your thing. Talk to me about when each of you figured out like food wasn't just you know to eat to create it was what you wanted your life to be and uh rosie i'll turf it back to you first tell like tell me that origin story i think sorry sorry, that was the dog that's awesome i love organic (laughs) hi dog um bindi our our australian Australian shepherd oh hi um so so i i have wanted to work in restaurants and work around food as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom, my mom did cook a lot, but when we did go out to eat, we we went to to pretty good restaurants. I mean, not like the ones that I have worked in in the past, but yeah. like I I didn't go to McDonald's often. I think one of the one of the few times that I went to a McDonald's or a Burger King would be for birthday parties. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if kids do that anymore. But, do you remember the but, busted ass playgrounds at McDonald's where like you could yeah, literally get yeah. tetanus? I used to go to a lot of birthday parties at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we would go out to eat and I always really enjoyed going out to eat. Mm-hmm. And um, so from a very young age, I always wanted to, to work in a restaurant. So my, my first job was at Pizza Hut. Um, every job I've had has been in a restaurant. I went through a short time when I thought I might want to be a teacher mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and then 
change my mind. So that was that was just a quick phase. Sure. <laughs> sure. Went right back to I'm going to culinary school. Yeah, so. I had a quick phase in teaching. It was I student taught, and I realized I loved the kids and hated the parents, and I moved on. Um, <laughs> so that happened. Um, Dylan, how about you, buddy? Uh, so pretty much for me, uh, I can't say it was like a long, drawn out like passion <laughs> for. Uh, like a, a, a fire-driven passion that I was heading that, that road. Uh, I was kind of like, I guess... You needed a job. Yeah, I guess doing the punk rock thing through high school and then uh, like realized, like, oh, I'm going into my senior year and I don't have a profession. But I had been cooking for uh, two and a half years at the time and and it, I was like, you know what? I, I do like this. And, and it was like... And then it became one of those things I realized, like, the harder that I worked at it, the better I was at it. And uh, so I think just, like, having a work ethic kind of, like, pushed that and just – and, and there's there really no, like, maxing out in, in a job like this. Like, I feel like so many, so many jobs people are like, oh, I hit a glass ceiling. I can't go any higher. Like, there's always, like, new things you can learn, like, in, in – you know, whether it's a different cuisine or something, you know, you there's every there's restaurant no, is different. Yeah, every restaurant's different. So even sometimes, like working at a restaurant, like you know, a lot of times, a lot of the restaurants that we've been at, we've bounced around, and you know, you give three years, four years, but you kind of hit that point where you're like, I, I just need to go on to the next restaurant. Yeah, uh, and and just learn something new. Like I've not that not that I've gotten everything that I could out of this restaurant, but like. Um, just ready to, you know, you, you just, once, once you know you're there, once you know it's time to move on, then you just say it's, it's time to go and learn something different. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I love the fact too, that you cite that you were, you know, punk rock coming up. I've always referred to this labor of love of mine as like, you know, punk rock and I've never let it grow up. Um, you know, cause I just kind of want to let it be its own thing. And I think what, what, what you did collectively now, you know, that, 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 you know, you're in this together, you really kind of took a punk rock take on the Humble Taco. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> punk rock taco. It, 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 it's, it's, it's a weird thing because I guess, I guess sometimes like I look at myself like 20 years ago, I'd probably be like, you sold out and beat myself up. But uh, yeah. but, uh, but then, you know, like, uh, yeah, I guess us doing this together, you know, Rosie's like that level head in me. Like I probably would have never been anywhere. I would have been like just still like just a line cook because I didn't want to grow up and do anything different. But That's it. Well, I, 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 exactly. And I mean, listen, not to like totally go ska on you for a minute because I was in a ska band in college. Um, But, you know, <laughs> the song Sellout kind of frames it out perfectly. Like let's, that's why we think like when we're doing something that's – profitable oh man we sold out no you're making a living for yourself and the guitarist from pennywise actually wrote a book about parenting um god damn it, 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 it's yeah oh it's it, it's been a while gone i'll have to find it for you but it's, i remember it, there there, there were a couple because like i think like all like the bands that i've like that i listened to growing up now yeah. like uh like doing like the uh folk acoustic uh thing kind of is like the way to go now so it's like all these like punk rockers they were like you know they were like five, ten years older than me, you know, but you, like, grow up, you're, like, watching them, and you're like, oh, man, I want to be there, so you're into the punk rock, and then they, like, go and do the folk acoustic thing, and you're like, yeah. okay, I'm mellowing down, I'm getting a little older, and then they're having kids, and you're like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> they're in a Cadillac commercial, and you're like, what just happened to my childhood? <laughs> yeah. Like, you next, bastard. Next, next thing, I'm driving a Volvo. Exactly. Ex- well, exactly. Uh, we're looking at minivans. 
Yeah, we've been looking at a minivan. So. I have a good one I can recommend you, which has like literally, but the the back of my van, my wife hates it. It looks like an old punk rock, like we're touring around van. Um, yes. Because like I have like all the restaurants, like you know, will like send me stickers and shit. I've got course car and stuff on there, and yeah. she's like, "Why does it have to look like a skate van?" And I'm like. It has to look like a skate van because I'm driving our three kids around. That's <laughs> yeah. that's all there is to it. Um, yeah, I I keep looking at like a nice Toyota. What are they? Toyota Siennas or the Chrysler Pacifica? And Dylan wants like a GMC Safari, like one of the old '90s box vans. Was it the Safari? <laughs> Not gonna so. lie, it's kind of hot. It is kind of <laughs> hot. It was, the old, it was an old. Van. <laughs> <laughs> that important. It's a big old old '90s box anyway, van. Yeah. No, I have a I have a, a 2018 uh, Dodge uh, Grand Caravan with all the accoutrements. Uh, and, uh, they, she said they stopped making the caravan. We looked it up. Or, yeah, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, the Grand uh, Voyager. What? Oh, There's a Chrysler it. Voyager or something. I don't. Know. I don't know how we got started talking. Yeah, we're going completely down the wrong. <laughs> I don't. I don't know either. But now I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, I, Grand. You're like, yeah, Grand Caravan. They stop making them. Stop. Dr- put. Stop putting miles on that van. Yeah, It'll I'm telling you, 2018 Dodge Grand, Grand Caravan, I'm going to get the antique car license plate for it soon. <laughs> yes. Um, but it is. Like, it's all black, all black leather, heated seats, everything like that. It, it, it's awesome. Pi- um, heated seats? Yeah, heated seats up front. Seat. Captain, Actually, heated seats in the front and second row. So. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll be looking up this. We balling. Is this for sale? Is yours for sale? Is that what you're, you're, is this a sales pitch? No, my, mine's not for sale. Don't you touch my van, sir. Um, so, <laughs> like, this could be an antique here. Get your right? hands off my van. Um, so, man, all right. So, that was a hard left turn, and I love every yeah, second of it. Um, we'll but awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what happens as soon as we say punk rock. It's like, oh. I know, it's too easy. Like, if it's like, yeah, um. Total side turn into like parenting books. Um, but again, the, the Jim, I think his first name was Jim, the guitarist from Pennywise. Um, I'll have to look it up. Um, but with so with all that said, we got the origin stories in the books, right? You know, and you guys meet, you do your thing. Um, Pico Taqueria is a food truck first, and then becomes brick and mortar, which is is an amazing evolution to begin with, because not everybody can do that. Not everyone can pull that off. And you all did it, and obviously you do it beyond insanely well. Talk to me now. Let's go current day. Um, now, now the two of you kind of a unified front. So, Pico Taqueria, the inspiration for what you do, and as I kind of bring up, you, you know, your site and the scrolling ad, you've got the watermelon radish, you've got these beautiful color palettes. Um, it, they, they're just amazing, left, right, and sideways. So. Let's start with this. Inspiration-wise, where the hell are you pulling these menus from? Because they're gorgeous. I mean, hands down gorgeous. But where are they coming from? Well, so our our core menu, we have, I can't even remember, I think we have six tacos now. We had seven, I think we have six tacos now. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, we think about things that we like to eat, and then we think, how can we turn that into a taco? <laughs> Got it, yeah. And, um, but so, for instance, we have... We have our vegetarian taco, our cauliflower taco. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the deep hole. The deep hole, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. The the names are weird for anyone listening. The names are street named places. after the street names on the island. So Deep Hole Road is yep. one of the main roads. So the Deep Hole Taco um, was a it was based off of a, an appetizer that we did at 
at Wine Casting in California. Nice. Um, and it was one of our favorite appetizers, and we're like, well, we should have a vegetarian taco. This is currently our favorite vegetarian item to eat. How do we turn this into a taco? And it, it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the profile alone is so smart. And I actually, I actually just saw... Um, I listened to a handful of podcasts, and Sal Volcano from uh, Impractical Jokers has the um, uh, I forget I forget the name of it offhand. I have it, you know, saved on my phone. And they just did just this hot take on cauliflower. And the one comedian's like, "If you bring culinary, if you bring cauliflower to Thanksgiving dinner, I want to meet you at the door and send you home and embarrass you." <laughs> but when I read this. And like when I got in, I actually did some uh, some buffalo cauliflower in the air fryer, you know, uh-huh. toss it and everything, and the kids like devoured it. And so you look at cauliflower as kind of a you know base canvas, almost like a protein with the caper pico de gallo. So you know, nice salinity, nice brine, parm, garlic aioli. That really speaks to Italian roots, or or at least Mediterranean ones. Correct? Yeah, yeah. That one is is definitely more Italian than than Mexican or, um, yeah, sure. it's definitely more Italian. And, you know, a lot of times I mean, we're listed on Google as a Mexican restaurant. Uh, we're listed on many things as a Mexican restaurant, but we're, we make tacos, but not, we're not traditional Mexican. And we try to, we try to tell people that a lot of people come up to the window and they're like, Oh, I can't get cilantro and onions on it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, and a lot of times we send them down the street to Lily's, Lily's Tacos, which mm-hmm. is Mexican, uh, traditional Mexican tacos, and they are delicious. And we say, you know, try them both. Yep. Um, you try ours. They're they're just different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. you're you're looking at straight up Mexican versus fusion cuisine. I, and I hate yeah, that I word. Think, I, think mo- I think most of our, like, uh, I mean, I guess most of, most of the flavors are really just trying to, like, respond to, like, every different, you know, palette on the, on your tongue. And, you know, so thinking about that every single time you think about a dish, which is something we learned working with Danielle Balud. And then, but then, you know, going farther from there is just like whatever, you know, I like, like a lot of, a lot of the techniques in the, in the, in the restaurant are more like French back, yep. you know, they, yep. They, yep. So. just cause that's what, that was our backgrounds. I like, mean, that's but that's but that's correct me if I'm wrong. Le technique is for any restaurant. It doesn't matter what nationality you are. The technique is the technique. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For sure. But definitely, definitely, like the deep hole is more Italian. The Maddox is more Asian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the well, I guess the the ridge is kind of Argentinian with the chimichurri. Mm-hmm. Trying to yeah. think of the other. Yeah. Side. I mean, just. Chicken just, City's a little more traditional. Um, yeah, Street's, that's that's a, that's definitely a little more of like a Tex-Mex one. But yeah, it's still got the tangy with the uh, the avocado cream. It cuts through it. It you know it doesn't have quite that. There's parts of me that want to put a little more heat on that, but then there's times that we're like, hey, we have, we're feeding families too. So uh, yeah, that's, right. that's a tough. That's the that's go-to a tough kind for, of counter to it. You know where yeah. that's the go-to for people who don't want spice. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And the Main Street. Main Street could could actually border like a French, a French Mexican combo. A French Mexican, yeah, yeah, because of the creme oh, fraiche presence. It's rich. It's a rich mm-hmm. taco, yeah. mm-hmm. but it is it is our most popular one. And why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? Honestly, looking <laughs> yeah, at you're, it, you're, yeah, you're 
that's uh, people like shrimp and they like guacamole. That, yeah, that, that's reaching out to. You're not. Nobody's offended by that one. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. And then the classics, and the and the classics are you know that it, that's been such a even though it's plain for us, you know, I think a lot of like the traditional like the flavors are good. The flavors yeah, are like good. traditional Mexican tacos are going to be like just your meat cilantro onions and we were like okay we're gonna do a little bit more of like this is like uh like an american taco like everything on there but like reaching out to kids too it's like so much fun like watching the kids walk up and like so many parents are like oh uh like they won't like the tomatoes and you're like hold on let me you know let me talk to the kid like because they're like they're like oh creme fresh and you know like no one knows what creme fresh pico de gallo and so you're but you ask the kid like hey what do you what do you want in your taco do you like tomatoes okay you'll like this Yep. You know, like yep. sour cream. Yeah, yeah, I like sour cream. Cheese. Yeah, you know, they're like they okay, get like turned this. off sometimes by the the wording the on it, but it's it yeah. fun. And and so to that end, if I can step out of the Pico Taqueria story for just a hot second, and I would love to know your hot takes on this. Um, you know, I've got three kids. I'm not sure what your head count is at this present point, but I feel like <laughs> we do such a shitty job of dumbing down food for kids, and I I strive hard not to do it. And these kids know. Like our, our our common quote is that, you know, how many families in Bloomsburg are having fill in the blank tonight or are prepping this tonight? You know, it, it's it's not disparaging because I think it's what people know. But I mean, I, do you feel like dumbing down food is a disservice for kids? And I know what you're going to answer, but I, I, I just have to hear it. I just have to hear it. No, I, well, do you want to talk? Good. I do. I do. I think kids should be encouraged to at least try things. I mean, of course, there's going to be picky eaters, and kids aren't going to like things, but um, I I hate walking by a table and the kid really wants to try whatever is on someone's plate, or um, and, and they go, oh, you're not going to like that. I'm like, well, just let them try it. Let them Have try them take it, a bite. If they don't like it, they don't like it, and you can move on. But I think kids should be encouraged to try. Yeah. I think I think the proof is like like our daughter like will eat anything pretty much anything I don't and but then there'll be a day that she's like I don't want to touch a blueberry and then mm-hmm. the next her favorite day, and then the next day she'll eat a quart of blueberries in one day you know yep. so it's just like they like just it's that repetition of like you know yeah. reintroducing it and sometimes even sometimes even different uh, texturally like did you cook it rather than raw like yeah I yeah. better do that you won't eat a cook cherry tomato but if if we put a pine of cherry tomatoes in front of her she'll eat them all yeah, that's the same thing as van berry exactly and actually our, our youngest is the same way on that um we we used to take the older two to the local like you know depending on how many stars you want to use it was a very it's a very high-end you know formal <laughs> sit-down restaurant and we would have them dress the part and we would have them sit down and they were six and eight when they went and yeah. the you know the six-year-old got a wild game sausage trio with uh, garlic whipped mash and um seared brussels with uh, balsamic reduction and and, and uh, uh bacon uh lardones and so yeah. like it's all in how you package the deal i think at the end of the day and what you do with cuisine and as i'm watching this wonderful ribbon of images slide by again and again reminding me how i didn't eat dinner um it really, it, it really is a magical thing. Like, like it, it's so playful. The one you have, uh, it appears to be scallop with popcorn on top. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. we played around with that. Yeah, we do. Our lettuce guy, and... 
Our lettuce guy had popcorn shoots, and we had no idea what they were. Those little yellow things that are sticking yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we yeah. got a bunch, and we're like, well, let's put popcorn on it. Play with it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, it's all play. It's all play. So to that end, I have to ask, because I know, you know, while you have these core six, I'm sure you've gone through iterations. I would like to ask you what your greatest creation has been, taco-wise, and what your biggest disaster was, taco-wise. And I'm I'm not even going to name who answers it. You you figure that out on your own right now. You tell me who's going to answer it. I don't know. So what's what's the best one? What's the best one? Do you- I I would say personally for me. Uh, I don't even remember what all the like uh, the the dressings on were, but the duck breast one we did like a, like we did a seared like medium rare duck breast one, yeah. which it was fantastic. So it was the best one that I remember ever doing, but it was also like like logistically a nightmare. We like you're like searing duck and like slicing it to order, and you're like, I uh-huh. can't do this. So that is just, hard. Oh, and we did the burrito taco this year. Oh, the burrito taco. We did a burrito like in the off season. Like in I the, don't even think I'm pronouncing that right. Really, mid season. Mid season. Like there's no way we could keep up with this. So we did it like in an off season special, and we just got flew. We out. got floored. It was, it was so like good. we were on like an hour wait, and I was like, I can. I don't know what to do. I don't think we were that. It was, it was getting but bad. Then, but then all bad. of our employees, they were all like, oh, they're, you're selling them too fast. I want one. I want one. And so I think we stopped with like 10, 10 left. We said that we sold out so that our employees could have some. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Yeah, the um, the uh, Bria, the, the, there's actually a local taco place downtown here in Bloomsburg called Fort Taco. And they do a uh, Baria ramen along oh, with their awesome. taco, which, yeah. I mean, talk about crazy crossing the aisles, but, like, you dip the taco, almost like a French dip. You can dip the taco yeah. Yeah. in. Yeah. Holy Mother Mary. Like, it is honestly. It's so good. Oh, God. So good. So complex. But that duck, I mean, that that's that's hell on wheels to keep up with, man. That, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could remember what the rest of it was. I feel like I'm, like, Didn't we have, like, a plum salsa or something? Plum, plum would definitely yeah. match for sure. Fresh plum. I can't remember. If we, so salsa, I remember when we salsa. got them because I bought whole ducks yeah. and I had to break them all down. So I did it. I did a duck special with confit duck legs oh. and then one with duck breasts. And like oh. the, the legs, you know, once they're confit, like you know, you can just warm them up and you can like just like they're they're perfect. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But yeah. a duck breast is like you got like thirty seconds. To you get literally have a window that's like yeah. um, raises. Because nobody instant. wants a well done duck. No, I mean, hell no. no. I'm not going to serve you that. So no, hell what no. Our worst one was worst one. Mm. Worst taco. I, well, that's what, like for me. I, like, like, like. Are you talking like worst tasting or like just like? Oh no, no, like, no! I mean, to me, to me, it sounds like the duck, even though it was great was, like, the, the biggest, like, albatross around your neck. Like, you yeah. couldn't make it happen. And like, when we started, like, when we when we first opened, like, every taco was like that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. sure, sure. And we had to grow, we, we had to grow into. And now we have in-season tacos and off-season tacos. Yeah, nice. for sure. Nice. Like, uh, 
Oh, one of my favorites was the Big Mac quesadilla. Oh, oh my God! I don't know my, if we can. Can we? Can I don't we, know if I can say that. Yeah, we might. We, we can. We can say. Now. All right, uh, take that. It was inspired back by. Yeah, inspired Mac. by the Big Mac. Yeah. Th- that is a Big Mac with a Q on the end of Mac. Yeah. There were yeah. no quotations yeah. on the uh, at down, the beginning of Big and Big air quotes. Big air quotes. But we had it down to the sesame seed tortilla. Oh, that's and awesome. It was so good. That's savage. Our flat top was full. Our flat top was like full. In, the like in the first time. 15 minutes of being open. Yeah. We were like, oh no. Legitimately though, you could call that the Big Mac with a Q on it because of Taqueria. That yeah, would totally I'm, be on brand. Yeah. The Big Pico the, Mac. Yeah. Mac. Mac, Mac with, with a Q. Q. Yeah. You, you're covered. You're like, fine. Yeah, like, yes. Now we're going to go big with it. Now we're <laughs> like, no, no. We're, we're, we're concerned they were going to. And you no, have I no. Want, I don't want McDonald's big coming bro- after Big Brother me. was going to be looking after us. And you have the Course Grand podcast to thank for that. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> royalty checks should be in the mail soon. Um, so again, our accountant. Yeah, yeah, I'd send it over to the accountant. Talk to me because you know you guys are in the industry. You know it best. I, I don't pretend to. I'm a diner. You know, I try to keep my finger on the pulse. It's hard for me because I'm not in it. Have you ever worked in a restaurant? I have. I have. I've, I've slung before. I actually I actually co-guest chefed an event with uh, Bourdain's executive sous chef. Um, nice. Yeah, Beth Oretsky, if you've read Kitchen Confidential, Grill Bitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's a dear friend of mine and um, comes and hangs out at our house and makes sure our pool is working all the time. So <laughs> she's phenomenal like that. So, not, no, I've, I've definitely I've, – I've gained my stripes. Um I actually. Um, well, next time, next time you come down, uh, you can uh, you can hop in with us. I'll suit up, man. I'm always game. I'm always game. I will definitely be down for that. Um, always ready and willing to uh, to uh, bring my knife bag on vacation. Do not tempt me with a good time. Um, so, but but I do know my place in the pecking order, right? Like you guys know it better than I. Um, talk to me about trends. In, in food, specifically Let's Go Taco, because I think taco taco is a trendy thing, and I think it'll always be a trendy thing. But what are the trends in tacos specifically right now? Like, what's hot? Oh, um, well, I think the burrito taco... Yeah, the burrito is still riding high. It's been trendy I mean, for it's, a while. It's, it's been up there for, for a little over a year now, but I mean... But they're so good. Yeah. And we just now finally did one. I feel like what I've been seeing a lot with the tacos is, like, trying to get more and more of, like, that homemade um, tor- tortilla. Like, like even people going, like, you know, malting their own. Or, uh, no, no, sorry. Uh, when they do it with the corn. Oh, the, uh, um, not, the, not, not cotilla, the, um, huichila cote. The process of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lot. Yeah. When they put it with the lye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I can't even Gr- think of it. Yeah, grinding it down and, like, making their own masa and, like, um, you know, and that's uh, that's cool. Like, I, I think a lot of people are getting into that heirloom, local-grown stuff as much as possible. And, uh, you know, I wish... Yeah, it's I, still local. But using local stuff is still a trend, I guess you could say, if I, one that I hope never goes away. But, yeah, yeah, I think the more, the more local you can be, the better. Uh, you know, you have to look at your resources around you. Yeah. Um, you know. And then what? What about that taco place that we went to in uh, in Texas? <laughs> what did they have one? Because they were similar to us with 
fusion and everything. Yeah, Seeing little... Indian food being incorporated into some tacos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think I, I, I think that that fusion thing too. I mean, taco is just such a it's like it's like a sandwich or yeah, pizza. Or it can it, it's just the base for whatever you want to put on it, and so you know, yes. same, the same as those other those elements. You you can put anything on it, and you can adapt different cultures cuisines mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. put on a tortilla like we use two slices of bread for our sandwiches and yeah exactly yeah that's yeah. such a it, it, yeah sandwich is such a diverse thing and a taco is such a diverse thing like you know you go from a banh mi to a ham sandwich exactly and uh, and, and you could do both in a taco yeah, yeah exactly. we have for done. sure well not the ham sandwich we haven't done but we've sandwich. done a banh mi in a we've taco been, been, rosie banh. rosie ham sandwich Ham sandwich. Ham sandwich. Ham sandwich. Ham sandwich taco. I'm saying, man. I'm saying no, and, and and you know, as I'm watching your tortillas and all their different wonderful colors, it it reminds me. Uh, my hometown is Honesdale, Pennsylvania, and there's a brewery in town here and now brewing. What's going on here now? Um, <laughs> one of the things that they do is, you know, they brew all their beers, all their beers, all their beers, whatever. So they have all the spent grain, right? So in the restaurant. They started to grind that spent grain down and make pizza crusts. Oh, that's smart. Their yeah. pizzas are so bomb, and that crust is amazing. And I'm looking at these tacos going, damn, I wonder if there's a local brewery that they could partner with and start making some uh, tortillas from. So, food for thought. Well, we do. So, we do have a local brewery, Black Narrows Brewing Company. And years ago, uh, they they take a lot of their, um, their spent grain. There's a farm... <laughs> Yep. Um, on the county a little bit, uh, Perennial Roots Farm, and they used to take, I think they still do, but... Yeah, they fatten up those pigs. Yeah, they, oh, they man. take this yeah. grain down to them. Is that what they use it for? I, know, I was never sure what they used it for, but they, I know they take it to them. And I took some one time, and I made a granola out of it. Beautiful. Um, just for fun. Yeah. Uh, but, but grinding it up, what you have to do? You have to dry it out. Dry it out, grind it down into flour again, reconstitute yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, my, my, my five gallon brewing, Rosie, I was telling you before, you know, how I have a batch in right now. It's going to be a, a, a blackberry milkshake IPA. Um, but when I mashed in, I had 12 and a half pounds dry of grain. Uh-huh. And so when I pulled it out of the, out of the ton, out of the pot, like it weighed about 25 pounds. I'm like, damn, you yeah. know, dry that back down to 12 and a half pounds. I've got this wonderful flower that I can make like really cool stuff from. So, um, uh, uh, again, it just speaks to the multifaceted ways that we can make something as varied as the, the, the humble and yet beautiful taco. So, you know, we have these beautiful trends. Now, I want you to put your mean hats on for a minute. You're going to have to. What, okay. what about tacos culturally that's, that's like popular? Do you just want to see? get run over by a bus. What are you tired of hearing people say or want in tacos? Oh, specifically at our restaurant or in the just greater... Just in general, just in general. Yeah, I don't want to target... Uh, we... I'm trying to think of one of the... Compl- so, we get a lot of people asking if we have black olives on our tacos. Uh... And I think that's a little weird. One trend... Oh, one trend that I hope goes... I really don't like fried avocado. Oh, same, same. Yeah, I think people like that. I see it on menus. Someone's ordering it. I just think it's gross. I mean, I, I don't think I have any. I don't think I have anything, any bones to pick with the uh, taco trends. 
Not I don't know. Now, now, not thinking about it right now, I'm sure it Things that people ask for, like people saying, oh, don't you have a ground beef taco? And we say, no, we have, we have chunks of steak. And they're like, yeah. oh, we'll go somewhere else. I'm like, oh, uh, okay. yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's pretty specific, but I get, like, trends not really, like. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so not just a different taco. We didn't think really anyone liked, and then we took it off the menu and realized a lot of people liked them. People lost their minds. Nice. Yeah. Nice. What was on the dessert nachos? Uh, so they were they were nachos that we fried fresh and tossed in cinnamon sugar. Oh lord! So and like so like a churro, but just nacho format. Yeah, kind of. Oh. Churro, it had churro, the churro chips with uh... with fresh whipped cream. Uh, diced strawberries and uh, our homemade chocolate sauce. Oh my god! Stop it! And the, cho- the chocolate sauce is silly. It's, I think it's what, good again, sauce. it was like one it's of those. It's a cafe like, balloon chocolate. Sauce. It was one. It was again <laughs> one of those like bo- bottleneck uh, situations, yeah, kind of like that yeah. duck, where like you're in the middle of like I'm I'm plating like. 30 tacos right now and you want me to drop nachos? Exactly. Like, I don't have time <laughs> to drop nachos. You come down and drop <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, that's too good. That's too good. And but no no uh no Aunt Fanny's uh frosting on that? No. No. Maybe we'll have to do a churro stuffed with Aunt Fanny's icing I love or something. It. That sounds I good. I love the idea. I love the idea. So, all right. So we traversed through all the mains, all the currents. Talk to me about the five-year plan. What's going on with Pico? You go from food truck to brick and mortar. What's next? I feel like this is the same conversation we had with with John. We we have a friend who has a blog. Um, oh, nice. Called the, called the Hungry Asian, <laughs> and he comes down. Uh, I guess around Labor Day every uh, every Labor Day, and that's always his question. Like, okay, okay, guys, what's the five-year plan? Five-year plan. Five-year uh, plan. <laughs> Sometimes it's the same conversations with ourselves. I mean, I have to say uh, the last, uh, I don't know, two, I guess two years for sure has been uh, personally, yeah, uh, so we have personal a, growth, you know, just yeah. with the, the so we, family. We all just had babies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we have, our daughter is, um, how old is she? 21 months. She's almost two. And then Nate and Kate, they had twins. Uh, their kids just turned two. And so the past two years, at least, have been trying to figure out how to run a restaurant and have kids. And we're, we're doing okay on it. I think we're doing pretty good. Yeah. So the next, so we haven't, honestly, we unfortunately haven't been focusing too much on the future since they've been born, just trying to figure out how to make it work with less of us less of the core of us yeah definitely no 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 definitely i mean that's that's just as solid a five-year answer everyone thinks it's got to be well we're gonna open a new storefront in upper northern yeah no no we get a lot of people ask about it and and we think about it all the time and uh you know i think if uh i guess candidly speaking like if we found if if an opportunity arises it wouldn't it's not something that we shy away from but we just like kind of like we like everything's kind of grown organically for us from from the get go, from going from the trailers into this building, even like um, that we 
we said, hey, we can we can work this, we can deal with this size, and and then I think as the trailer kind of like we knew that it was like winding down, like uh, situations at hand. Uh, we knew we were going into the building. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we, we we knew that we knew that that was the trailer days were kind of ending, and uh, and then that building became available, and we and we made that move to that, and uh, even like that took us that took us four years to like get our feet underneath us. Well, well I guess COVID years COVID, too. Yeah, they were um, all COVID years. Mm-hmm, but like, mm-hmm. but they but so our five year plan then yeah, was, just, was shot out yeah, the window from COVID. You know, just uh, like, keep your head above water kind of thing. Uh, you know, and it ended up being fine like moving through there. Like, so it's kind of like one of those things like when an opportunity presents, then you say like, let's jump and let's make a five year plan. Yeah. Like, yep. Sometimes, like, sometimes it's so hard like when you try to make a plan and say like, oh, we want to be another location within this time, then you like just so just determined to like find that spot that, that you maybe don't find the it right doesn't spot. develop exactly naturally. exactly you're pushing you're pushing the where before the why right and, yep. and if all you're saying is like i want to go out and find another spot then you will find a spot <clears throat> but it may not be a successful one yep yep wow i i want to get bigger yeah at what cost yeah. and, yep. and then and then you always hear about those places that like their their biggest their biggest failure was they tried to grow too quickly. Exactly, so, yeah, exactly. You, know, you just it, gotta watch. You guys got level did, heads, but, man. But <laughs> we did add the bar recently. Our cantina. I yeah, love that. I love to, that cantina. By the way, say, yeah, I mean, how can we add a little bit more to what we're doing here? And you know, and hopefully that gets to a point where it grows large enough that we say we can maintain this. Now, maybe looking at doing another spot, yeah. you yeah. know, might be. We, yeah, we started the cantina. We started doing a little bit of live music this year, and um, we just had a lot of fun doing that. So I think growing the bar over the next couple of years, and and a few, uh, I mean, like a few of our things lately, like especially with our families, when we talk about like personal goals, is like putting passion projects into the into the restaurant. Like having the live music is something that yeah. we've always wanted to do. And we had live music every Saturday. Every Friday, Saturday this year. Every Saturday. So it was like it was cool. It was like they were friends of ours, and it was a good time no matter yep. what. So it was cool. Yep. Yeah. I, I think guess the five year plan is to do more fun things. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the greatest five year plan I've ever heard. And I'm going to leave it <laughs> right there at that. Have more fun in my notes. I'm going to put have more. Have more fun. Well, I yeah. mean, really, at the end of the day, no one's getting out of here alive. So let's have more fun while we're here, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think COVID did teach us and a lot of people to to slow down and to think about what's important. And, you know, maybe one day we'll open a new location or maybe one day we'll add something different to the Pico Empire or whatever. But for now, it's really nice watching our kids grow up, yeah. having live music and a margarita on a Saturday night. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and talking to the regulars that have been coming for the past eight years. That's it. So, I mean, that's yeah, that. So you mm-hmm. you kind of asked at the beginning uh, uh, about, like, how many people know, like, our story. And it's been cool because I think so many people that come to the island, like, a year after a year, they're learning our story. And, yeah. you know, they're being made out front whenever they come and you know they're seeing they us ask how the babies are doing the kids there so it's like it is kind of cool that like i feel like 
we might be able to answer that like like more of our guests know about us than other restaurants they go to Hell you know yeah. percentage yep. wise and yep. we got gifts for the baby <clears throat> yeah like that's from such, people that we don't really know and that's been such a cool thing and like a little bit weird sometimes too but like cool like because people like they're think, yeah they're thinking about you and they're and like to go to a restaurant and take some, like one of an owner of a restaurant a gift because they had a baby kind of seems like a weird like not i don't know how many restaurants i, I, I don't know any i have that i would, that do, I would that do that for I uh, all right. So a- as the food host, I feel the need to jump in here and say, okay. "I have, I have done that. I would do that. Okay. No questions asked." And that's awesome. I and think maybe we need to get closer to the people that own restaurants. That's well, well, the, well, the, yeah. well. That's it. And here's why. Let let me just explain from the layperson diner with a little bit of experience uh, on the back end. You and other artisans like you feed my children. When I don't have to do it. And if you look at that as a very beautiful, substantive act, what other reaction could I possibly have if I hear that you're having a child than to not treat you like family myself? And so for me, that's that's a really nice thing. (laughs) It's a no brainer, dude. And I'm like hearing your story now. I'm pissed I didn't bring something when we were there in September. No. Um and believe me, when we're back down there again, which we will be, my wife got a bucket list item checked off. She saw the ponies through binoculars. We got pictures. Oh. Um, and I mean, she was literally bawling. She was bawling roadside because that was she always wanted to see him. I'm like, okay, oh. cool. You saw the horses because like I grew up around horses, and I'm like, all oh. right. <laughs> but Dylan, it was really Dylan cool. Dylan also experienced his his first pony penning this year. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah. We've been here eight years, and he <laughs> finally saw the, the pony swim. Awesome. Well, I got I got Greta the book, and she was literally glued to it. She's like, oh, look at, look at um, aluminum foil ding-dong. I'm like, who's aluminum foil ding-dong? <laughs> oh, it's a horse. I'm like, okay, cool. A horse, yes. Yeah, great. All right, fantastic. But, yeah, have, have, have more fun. Live that life. And, again, lean into these things, folks. When you go to places like Pico Taqueria in Chincoteague, you know, these. Th- this is why I do what I do as, as a food journalist, and I hesitate to call myself that. But for lack of a better term, let's go with that. These stories need to be told, need to be heard, so that when you go to Chincoteague for your first time, you're teed up with one of the best possible places you could eat in your life. And I don't say that lightly. I really mean that. Um... So with all of this said, we're heading into afters real quick. I've got three more questions for you, maybe four depending, but I think three. Um, are you ready for the poss- possibly the most irreverent questions you've ever been asked in your life? I'm ready. Brace. I'm excited. Brace for impact. Brace for impact. Uh, this first one's easy, though. It's kind of nonsense. And I have a feeling you're going to have very polar opposite answers to this. So I'm going to give this question to the both of you. Dylan, I'm going to start with you. We're cooking together in your kitchen. You have control of Alexa. What's the playlist? What are we listening to? Oh, my goodness gracious. What are we cooking? You tell me, man. You tell me. Are we prepping for the day? We're prepping for the day. How about that? Oh, at, at the restaurant? What do you put on in the kitchen? Oh, yeah. at the restaurant? Oh, my goodness. Uh... I'm gonna start with like okay, so for me, I'm high energy. Alexis on fire, like uh, like pop, like pop, like hardcore screamo 
like let's do it like we're getting we're getting Alexis the uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, get, we're getting the day done uh once service starts you know i'll, I'll, I'll go we can put I'll some classic imagine. rock on like tom petty like you no, get into a groove yeah no but nobody's nobody's mad in Sometimes I get people that are like, "Hey, I don't really like your <laughs> your your music," and I'm like, "Yeah, well, uh, you my friend's done." Job. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't really like you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all um, right. So, all right, cool, Rosie. How about you? And I totally agree with that downshift. There is a, a degree where once prep is done, once you've gone through the high impact, high energy items, then you just need a coast. You need a downshift in gears. Yeah, I get you that. Just need, you need that. You need that. Like then, like. Like cooking, cooking on the line, like the the long term thing is like that's meditative. You just exactly. need something that you like. You can sing without having to sing or without having to stop and think about anything. You're just like you're doing the music and you're cooking. That's it. Thousand percent, thousand percent. Rosie, you and I working in the kitchen. <laughs> you're controlling the music. Talk to me. Well, you are right that it's very different answers. That's my um, wife and I. Twenty years next year, and we. Man, you want to see locked horns, man? <laughs> Try to get us to agree on something Music, in the kitchen. Yeah, what's what's gonna go on the radio? Yeah. So when I so when I'm cooking, I listen I listen to the same thing when I'm in the kitchen, or if I if I am in charge, I mm-hmm. listen to the same thing in the kitchen that I do when I run, and that's usually a Justin Timberlake radio uh, okay. of sort. A lot of Justin Timberlake, a lot of Bruno Mars, uh, a lot of just a good beat yep. to focus on and you know focus on while you're prepping to focus on while i'm flipping tortillas and when, make yeah. when, when, when we were i'll in be the tra- dancing to the order i'll be dancing to the pickup window to give you- <laughs> when we were in the trailers we used to have to do like day on day off so like so nate and i would be like alexa on fire would be like punk rock you know, punk rock music blaring on the speakers, and then the next day would be the girls, and be like jock jam radio. Oh yeah, jock jam radio. But like, I have to say, that, like, jam it's for the younger. It's generation. the same thing. Like, I mean, you got you got a good beat to it. Like, nobody's moving slow to that. Like, you're like, okay, I can't. I'm not gonna go. I'm not mad about this. Like, people get their jobs done. Yeah, but yeah, you exactly. also can only listen to jock jams for so long. No, uh, bump to jams. I can just listen to that like, like nonstop. <laughs> Oh my god! A full sixteen-hour shift. And as be... long as it's not Dave Matthews Band, I'm happy. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that, honey. <laughs> honey, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I hate it. It's just not conducive. I hate the, every second of it. You cannot cook to Dave Matthews Band. You just she, can't. Listen. Our kitchen manager would disagree, but. Oh. We fu- we fight over Dave Matthews often. Yeah, now, now the, and, and and listen, she puts on Yacht Rock Station all the time. Oh, Sunday morning. <clears throat> what radio station do you listen to? It's always Yacht Rock. Nah, pa- Pandora Yacht Rock. But like, oh, there's a radio station around here where Sunday mornings is all Yacht Rock. It's it, it's it's awful. I can't do a thing. Like literally, my knife like my knife <laughs> starts got, we, heading towards our, my wrist every time. Books. I'm like, no. Um. <laughs> One of our taco builders really likes it, so we leave it on. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, respect, because I've had the tacos. She works a lot. Yeah. I'll, she I'll just had a that. baby this year. She's worked a lot this there year. There you go. There you go. All right, number two. Uh, Rosie, I'm going to tee up with you. Okay. Deserted island. I'm going to strand you on one. I'm going to fly you out to one, drop you off, and leave you. And you can only take three foods or food-type items with you. 
inexhaustible supply, never runs out, but you can only take three things with you to this deserted island. What would they be and why? Now, I've listened to the podcast and I should have known this question was coming. Huh. I should have had something prepared. Huh. No one expects uh, the Spanish Inquisition. What, <laughs> what would I bring? Can it be can it be something uh like a big bowl of pho? That is a food type item, I would agree. Okay. But it has to come with all the accoutrements. Sure. Sure. <laughs> that comes with oh, that's kind of a cheat. Alright, I'll take it. Uh-huh. I'll allow but, it. I can't just bring broth and noodles. True. I guess Truth. I could. Anyway. I mean, you can probably find uh, lemongrass okay. on the island and shit like that. So. Okay. Well, I'm not, okay. I'm not going to go with pho, though. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with a. Uh, darn it. I was going to say I'm going to go with a dumpling. Love it. Like Asian dumplings. Mm-hmm. Asian dumplings. Um. Oh my. Ice cream. <clears throat> Strong answer. Specifically cookies and cream love it one more thing let's see i should probably go with a main course (laughs) um i don't know dumplings are pretty main but dumplings are main course okay well i mean i i would so many things and cheese cheese and crackers love it specifically a soft ripened brie type cheese or like a red hawk from california a real stinky a nice. real stinky, soft cheese. Funky, soft. I adore yeah. it. I adore it. I love it. Dylan, how about you, buddy? Okay, so is like pretzels and cheese one thing? I'll give that to you as one thing. Okay. Him and our daughter could live off of pretzels. Yeah, like, <laughs> so, so I wanted, I definitely wanted to circle back, and I don't know if we were doing this later, but, uh, you know, you were asking earlier about, like, childhood foods, and, like, my dad, like, pretzels and cheese, like, that was, like, a go-to, like... You had dinner, and then you had pretzel and cheese plate. I love it. While we played cards. I love it. I love it. And that's like, I mean, like my daughter's the same way now. Pretzels, pretzels. She goes in the pantry. She's like, I'm the pretzels (laughs) out. She smells them. Oh, that's awesome. She smells them better than I do. I put her her on the track. All right, so what else? You got pretzels and cheese. All right, so pretzels and cheese. Um, I'd have to say, like, a good, good, like, charcuterie, like homemade torsion. Agreed. Beautiful. Wow, you're really going fancy. Hey, if if oh, no, I, like no, I don't have fine. to if I don't have to make it or somebody like if I just say I want a good torsion and somebody shows up with it, yeah, that's what I want. It just regenerates, yeah. Perfect. And I don't know, maybe pierogies. Oh, love that. I'm gonna go pierogies. Good call. Wrong yeah. answer. Strong answer. It, the Pittsburgh coming out in you. Exactly. Yeah. Go Pierogi Steelers! By the way, we won one. That was nice. <laughs> All right. So here's one that you're going to answer together. I've never done a joint answer on this one, but I think no, like no better episode than now. And it is we the inspiration. The hmm? What's that? We can be the guinea pigs. You you can be the guinea perfect. So the inspiration for this podcast format was Melanie Denea's My Last Supper and the next course. There were two coffee table books. Uh, World renowned photographer. Uh, she's the one that did the picture of Bourdain with the beef femur hanging between his legs and he's naked. Um, if you've ever seen it, that was her. And in the book, every famous chef had five standard questions and they all centered around your tickets getting punched tomorrow. What's your last meal? And so together as a couple, what I want you to answer me is this, that's going to go down. What is your last meal together? What are you eating? What are you drinking? Music, guests, 
Go. I keep thinking back to that sushi dinner that we had. I feel like we always have fun eating sushi. What's that? Well, there was that time in Houston that we randomly went to this really great sushi restaurant. And then remember when it was us and all the other chefs from all the restaurants at at Arigato Sushi in Santa Barbara? Nice. I'd probably go with that one. So, okay, so if there's... So I'd want to go to a busy restaurant and eat sushi. You chime in whenever. <laughs> I feel like I'm taking over this question. This is this is marriage, kids. This is marriage on display. <laughs> Did I mention 20 years married next year? What, I know how this drinking? goes. You're drinking a beer. Yeah, I'm, sure. dr- I'm drinking a hoppy beer. You got a nice... Uh... I've got a buttery Chardonnay. Yeah. The nice. oakiest of all the Chardonnays. <laughs> wait, wait. Well, to start and then eventually go to something red. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Yeah, it's the uh, I think just the 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 inclusion of people like having the the big group of people around. That's the people around. Well, Nate and Kate will be there. Yep, yep. And maybe maybe it's our a, kids. It's a it's a party. I maybe think. our kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all of our past cook friends, chef friends, the catering gig that we that we're doing on Sunday. Yeah. Is, is for our kitchen manager. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, I love and that. he'd probably be there. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Very good. And so for this last meal, could you agree on music? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'd, probably just, I'd probably just let him pick the music because he cares a lot more about it than I do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So no pressure, Dylan. What are you picking? <laughs> if, if, if it's a... Uh... All right, we're gonna get we're we're, we're gonna go uh, center ground here. Uh, John Mayer trio. Okay. Okay. Blue, bluesy, uh, you guys, a jazz background. No, it's it's, it's a in, good it's a good time for all. Rosie's. If I'm involved, John Mayer trio will be on. Yes. Yeah. Strong, strong pick and wise husband move. I'm just gonna say. Um, <laughs> again, I know them all at this point. I'm like black belt in husband. Um, <laughs> So, last question, kids. Uh, the simplest and the most difficult. Dylan, I'm going to start with you. And Rosie, I'll go over to you. What is food to you in a single word? I love the silence. I, lo- I, I, I eat the silence. I devour the silence. I love it. Because it is such a simple question. And yet, like, it's hard to answer. Togetherness. Oh. <laughs> you kind of took my... Uh oh! Can I, can I give an explanation, or is that you? Absolutely, it yeah. It's all word. yours. And uh, Rosie, I'd use this time wisely. Go ahead. It's, <laughs> it's on. It's on either side, front of the house or back of the house. Yeah. Whether you're dining yeah. or whether you're serving. Yep. It, you're the family in the kitchen. Yeah. Has to be together to serve that food at the same time, and the people dining there. There's so many times I, I, I tell people I'm like, I love spending time and dining with family at home i wish everybody would spend time and just eat at their own house unfortunately like that's i'm talking myself out of a job that's kind of counterintuitive yeah yeah for sure but but it's there's you know i guess there's a bit of truth in that you know if everybody did that then i guess i would have time to do that too uh but it's uh it's it's the truth i think that uh people dining together no matter what they're doing I, i love the idea of the uh the community tables, uh, people dining together and meeting new people and, and making those experiences happen. And, and the same thing happens in the kitchen when you have a good, uh, 
group of people together. So yeah, I will never, I will never not talk to you if you're at a table adjoining mine and we're in a restaurant and it's appropriate. I will never not talk to you about what you ordered, what you're eating, where are you from, who are you. Like, you, you make we, the best friends that we, way. We, we've run into people that we've never met or never, you know, once seen before and shared plates with them, and it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, but it, it's cool. It's fun. So. First, first thing in and last thing out, right? What does the baby do? Searches for the first meal. What does the dying man do? Last meal. Like, yep. dude, it's, it's literally Alpha Omega stuff. Uh, Rosie, what do you got? Well, I'm going to keep my original thought, and, but it is along the same lines. I think that food is, is, a, is a unifier. Unifier. Um, I love that. No matter, everyone eats and you know, important conversations are held around food. Um, every, every important thing you do in life (laughs) is done around food. And no matter, no matter who you are, you can sit down at a table in someone's home or in a restaurant and be served food and know that that person took the time to make it, took, Put their put their heart into it, and it can really bring people and communities yes. together. Yep. Beyond and I think that's I think that's what I originally fell in love with about food and restaurants and the whole culture around it. And I mean, everything has its faults, but for the most part, um, the experiences that I've had have been positive around food. Yeah, for so. sure. For sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt. And, you know, positive experiences there, everything positive around food and everything positive around our guests this evening, Rosie and Dylan Moot, Pico Taqueria, Chincoteague Island. Um, wow, what what an absolute honor and a privilege to tell your story, to share your story. Um, you guys are just rock stars, and I just appreciate the living hell out of you. Uh, folks, if you want to get connected with Pico, check out Pico Takaria.com, P-I-C-O-T-A-Q-U-E-R-I-A.com. They're out on the Facebook, they're out on the Insta, but if you go out to their site and you just watch their ribbon scroll, you will gain 20 pounds, I guarantee you. Um, I just did here, and now I'm going to have to uh, ride 10 more miles on the bike. So thanks for that, guys, you big jerks. Um, Rosie, Dylan, thank you so much for joining us here on the show tonight. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, thank John. you. It's it's it, it's really cool that that you like us. So. Oh man, you like really like is an understatement. I I like a good beer. I love a good taco, and I especially adore amazing human beings doing amazing things, and that's you guys. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode number one hundred and ninety-seven of the Course Grind Podcast. With us this evening, Rosie and Dylan Moot of Pico Tuckeria in Chicoteque Island. Uh, be sure to check them out at PicoTaqueria.com. Check them out on the Facebook and on the Insta. Our producer, as always this evening, has been the lovely, voluptuous Johnny Leland Robinson, a.k.a. the Reverend Johnny Lamoria. Is there something new in the works, perhaps? I think there might be, and it might be Course Grind and Johnny kind of uh, tracking back up again. You'll have to wait and see. The next episode, who knows what it's going to bring. It's going to be good. We're heading into the holiday season, so you know it's going to be special. Stay tuned. You won't want to miss it. Oh,